Hello and welcome to episode two of Fast Pass to the Past, the theme park history podcast. I'm your host, Austin Carroll, and I'm so excited to share with you the origin stories of your favorite theme parks and attractions, and in this episode in particular, some that you've never even heard of. So uh, let me just introduce myself first. I'm a huge history nerd, a former Disneyland cast member, and a current annual pass holder to both Universal Studios Hollywood and the Disneyland Resort. So thank you so much for listening to our second ever episode. This week's topic is actually really fun as it's not something that comes up all that time as like a Disneyland fun fact, possibly because Disney's a little bit embarrassed and doesn't really want people drudging up their sunken ships. This week we'll be discussing three, yes, three count em, defunct Disneyland boat attractions I've only ever really heard of one of these three before I started doing the research, and I would be super impressed if you've heard of any of them, much less all three. If you have heard, though, about all three of these, please email me at fastpasstothepast at gmail.com, and I would love to have you on the show. So without further ado, let's take a deep dive into some of Disneyland's history, starting with Disneyland's shortest-lived attraction. Now, most hardcore Disneyland fans know that Tomorrowland was really far from finished when Disneyland opened its gates in 1955. They say Rome wasn't built in a day, but Disneyland was built in a year and a day, which was still an incredibly short time frame for such a large theme park. There was also just not a lot of money going around in addition to lack of time, and Walt Disney really kind of lost faith in the Tomorrowland concept thing that they really grappled with was what does Tomorrowland even mean? Like, how do you build a land of the future when you don't know what that looks like? Side note, kind of a problem that has plagued every Tomorrowland that Disney has ever built. But way before that happened, Tomorrowland was originally intended to open in kind of a phase two of Disneyland. But then Walt decided very late in construction that, yeah, phase two, it's all just going to be phase one. So Tomorrowland wasn't really ready when it opened. It was more of like a corporate walkthrough with attractions by American Motors, Dutch Boy Paint, and Kaiser Aluminum. I've never heard of any of those. Then there is also the Tomorrowland Boats, which is what we'll be talking about. It was in roughly the same place as present day's Finding Nemo Submarine Lagoon. This opening day attraction only served 450 guests on the first day. Park was completely packed, so that's kind of insane and kind of testifies to how many people hated this attraction very early on, possibly because it was a really bad attraction. You basically got into small three to four person boats into what essentially was a natural lagoon and you you went around the lagoon driving the boats. It wasn't 
the most creative thing that ever happened. It was no pirates or haunted mansion. It was just boats in a lake that was actually most likely pretty much already there. If you didn't know, Disneyland was actually built on kind of a natural lagoon. That's why Storybook Land, Canal Boat, Jungle Cruise, and Rivers America all share the same murky, disgusting water. That's because it, the natural riverbeds kind of still flows where Disneyland is. Anyway, Back to the Tomorrowland boats, which we've been talking about in this podcast. The ride only lasted about a month before they uh, put it under refurbishment, which is pretty impressive. Most new rides don't need refurbishment after a month, but they needed it. And this is why the boats were fiberglass and they weren't built properly. So basically their engine was kind of enclosed, which made the boats overheat. So as soon as like a teenage boy came to Disneyland and gunned the motor, they would die and have to be rescued by a cast member. It was overall just like a really poorly thought out attraction. So after a month, it went under refurbishment. They tried to solve the lack of popularity as well. Now you have to understand at this point, this is one of only three decent opening day attractions in Tomorrowland. The others being a walkthrough of movie props from 2000 Leagues Under the Sea. Not even the ride, just the walkthrough of the movie props. And a theater presentation called Rocket to the Moon. So the Imagineers were under a certain amount of pressure to fix this ride, basically. So when the ride reopened after a month, it was renamed the Tomorrowland Phantom Boats. And it was basically the same boats, but they repainted them bold colors and added futuristic, exaggerated wings. However, although they looked the part in Tomorrowland, I mean, they were still on like a really uneventful lake thing. And although they looked the part and had brand new motors, apparently, they still quickly overheated. There was no saving these motors. <laughs> and... To fix this, Disney added an employee to sit and drive each boat of three to four people around this lagoon. And that was, that was a terrible idea, obviously. That idea kind of ruined the whole thing. Because the only reason people would go on the boats is so that they could drive them. There wasn't really any other appeal. So now they were sitting in the boats being driven around what is essentially a natural lake in the middle of Tomorrowland. It was not good. And this idea cost so much to staff every single one of these boats with a person for no reason. So Disneyland kind of stopped operating the phantom boats. Uh, they turned their final lap around the little goon, as they call it, in August 1956 which is just a little bit more than a year after the park opened. This B-ticket attraction was the first permanent attraction to be removed from Disneyland, and I really, really don't think anyone particularly missed them that much. Now, skipping over to Fantasyland, or really the border of Fantasyland and Tomorrowland, you can still see remnants of this attraction over by its small world. In fact, a number of the canals and the original loading area have pretty much remained untouched since ride shutter in 1993. Nowadays, most people sit there to have a chimichanga or duck away from the crowds or just 
Peepa Ducks, and have no idea that they are standing in the loading zone to one of Disneyland's attractions that has been lost to history. The motorboat cruise. Although, sounds a little dirty. Not really, I guess. But yeah, it does. The motorboat cruise was another bee ticket attraction, possibly built to fill that tiny hole left by the Phantom Boats attraction. It opened in 1957 and fulfilled every little kid's dream of driving a motorboat. You've had that dream, right? Yeah, it's, it's a fun one. <laughs> However, this time to uh, remedy the problems they had with the last boat ride, it was on a track and the wheel didn't really do anything, a la Mr. Toad's Wild Ride at Disneyland if you've ever been on that ride. This not-super-exciting boat ride took guests on a short journey through the several canals that were underneath the Viewliner train and Junior Autopia, both of which, if you've never heard of, we'll likely discuss in a future podcast, because they were also very short-lived attractions. <laughs> However, in 1959, the entire landscape of this section of the park changes in one of Disneyland's Oh, I guess it was Disneyland's first big renovation after opening. The Viewliner train was gone and Disneyland monorail was built overhead these canals. Yeah, I mean, the motorboat just like was the only constant in this area as basically the entire section of the park changed dramatically. This could have really easily spelled the end for the motorboat cruise as well. However... I really can't stress enough how long this ride managed to kind of keep on, keep on staying there and keep on motorboating. Despite never being particularly popular or exciting, the original motorboat cruise stuck around until 1991 when it was somehow rethemed into the motorboat cruise to Gummy Glen because they couldn't think of another terrible title for this really annoying ride. This was done, the reason this was done, I should say, is it was part of the Disney Afternoon Avenue event in the 90s, which was a precursor to Mickey's Toontown, and it took place in the current It's a Small World walkway, kind of where the parade goes down now. Guests could meet the Gummy Bears, which was a popular, um, I think it was Disney Channel or ABC television show for kids to tie in that's why motorboat cruise had really hasty really really hasty retheming that consisted of plywood gummy bear characters being placed throughout the ride however even though this seems like the worst ride like you're literally not doing anything you're on a river and you're looking at plywood gummy bears this ride managed to stick around for another two years yeah, it didn't close until 1993. And the reason it closed wasn't because it was stupid or unpopular. It closed because Disney was like, oh, we should probably find some extra money for Toontown. I don't know if a lot of you are aware, but Toontown was hugely over budget, just like everything really that Disney did in the 90s. So they really needed to find the operational budget for Toontown somewhere else. So the motorboat crews finally laid to rest. No more motors. But they left the canals and they left the loading dock form pretty much as is until very recently. I think they filled in a couple canals below the monorail. But you can still, you can still see where the motorboat crews was and you can 
kind of gaze on that pier and gaze out and picture yourself in your own motorboat and kind of relive that childhood fantasy. The boats that we have discussed so far met their untimely end due to budgetary concerns, basically. Uh, let's discuss the only Disneyland boat attraction that actually ended up at the bottom of the riverbed. As a Christmas present to Davy Crockett fans, the Mike Fink Neil Boats, sorry, I really hope I'm saying that correct, premiered in Disneyland's Rivers of America during the park's first Christmas in 1955. At first, these two boats were the actual boats used in the filming of the David Crockett programs, which were as part of the Disneyland television series and aired on ABC. Those were the same boats. All they did to convert them into ride vehicles was add two rows of seats on either side. The boat's namesake was King of the River Mike Fink, David Crockett's rival in the television boat race to New Orleans. David Crockett might have actually won the race in the series, but Mike Fink got his name immortalized in this now defunct attraction. So who's the real winner? <laughs> there were two boats. Mike Fink's was named the Gullywumper, and it had a much more rustic scheme. It was basically brown and looked how you would think a boat would look. And Crockett's Bertha May, which had painted shutters very elegantly with flowers, they both operated on a seasonal basis. Kind of similar to the Columbia ship today, they were really only pulled out for really heavy weekends and peak times. The original set pieces were replaced fairly quickly by high-capacity boats with two-level seating that were offered panoramic views of Frontierland and the waterfront. The boats took a complete trip around Rivers of America before returning to the Frontierland dock, which is still visible today. It's the smoking area. It's by the loading zone for the rafts. Unlike other Disneyland boat rides, including the Columbia and Mark Twain, sorry if I'm going to burst anyone's bubbles right here. You might want to cover your ears. These ships were not on a track. Wow, I know. It's crazy. Obviously, this is why they were really popular. I know. Out of all the boat rides we've discussed, these were the only ones that were actually popular at one time. It helped that they were a sea ticket ride, whereas the other boats on the river, even the canoes, were considered a D ticket when Disneyland still used the ticket system. For over 40 years, the Neal boats were well-known and a well-loved ride in Frontierland. In 1994, at the end of summer, the Mike Fink Neal boats closed for the season. However, in a super surprise twist, all throughout 1995, they never reopened. Many thought that they were gone for good, and I really can't see any reason for this closure. Maybe they wanted to repaint them. Maybe they just didn't want to hire summer crew to work them. But, I mean, we're not entirely sure. But they did come back on the river in March of 1996 and never really said why they were gone for so long. For over a year, but it it was it was a short-lived welcome home for the Neil boats. At around 5:30 p.m. on May 17th, 1997, the Wumper began rocking side to side while on a routine trip around the island, and then all of a sudden, the Wumper just tipped over. It dunked 
a boatload of gas, some on that second story, mind you, into the rivers of America. Several guests were treated for minor injuries at St. Joseph's Hospital in Orange, and it was kind of terrifying. No one was seriously injured or or died, but following the incident, the gully wumper was removed from the water for inspection, and neither the gully wumper nor Bertha May operated for the rest of the 1997 summer season, and they never operated again. However, in somewhat a kind of ironic twist, the gully wumper did return to the rivers of America in spring of 2003 as a prop on the rear of Tom Sawyer Island. As years passed in the water, the condition of the boat deteriorated and eventually sunk to the rest at the bottom of the lake. In 2010, the boat was taken out and replaced with a new gully wumper that never served as a ride vehicle. I don't know if this replacement meal boat is still there after the river was recently configured. However, if you do know, please send me an email at bestpastinthepast at gmail.com. I wonder if you guys forgot about the Bertha May. So the Bertha May did not go missing, although it did disappear for a while. The boat was sold on eBay in either 1998 or 2001 and was sold to Hollywood producer Richard Kraft for $15,000. However, as of June 2014, the Bertha May is still in deep storage at Jungle Bros off the 5 Freeway in La Mirada, California. So you can't visit it, but it is safe and sound in a storage unit, so the Bertha May did not sink to the bottom of the river like the Gully Wumper. Disney World also had their own copy of this attraction. It was an opening day attraction in 1971 when Disney World opened. So just like Disneyland, they were named the Gully Wumper and the Birth of May, and they were free-floating motorized boats with no track. This actually came in hand when only three monorails were in service during the park's preview days to shuttle guests from the transportation and ticket centers, which if you've never been to Disney World, it's basically this giant lake that you have to cross to get from the parking lot to the actual Magic Kingdom park. So they actually use these meal boats to shuttle people across. The boats operated sporadically on the rivers of America until April 2001, although many believe the Disneyland capsize was to blame for their eventual demise. The dock is still visible near Liberty Square smoking area and the former Haunted Mansion Fast Pass distribution area if you want to check it out. Disneyland Paris also had a Neil Boat attraction as well. So if you're dying to ride one, Disneyland Paris actually still has two in operation, the Raccoon and the Coyote. The Paris version opened in 1992, had a 7-year absence between 2000 and 2007, and is now still cruising the rivers today. So if you want to experience a Disney Neil Boat ride, you'll have to go to Disneyland Paris. Luckily, I'm going to Disneyland Paris in just two weeks. So I'll be able to go on them if they're operating. I know they operate seasonally, but maybe. And report back on how the experience is. I'm sure it's going to be similar to actually just getting in a boat, riding on the boat on this island. But we'll see. We'll see. The Disney magic. It's worth noting an honorable mention. Fantasyland's Canal Boats of the World. This attraction is defunct in really name only as it's the original track of what is currently the Storybook Land Canal Boats in Fantasyland. Originally designed by Walt Disney as a ride through miniature animatronic cities, the ride was troubled with mechanical and technical issues from the start because 
it was 1955, and animatronics weren't really where they are today. So creating a ton of tiny cities where those current models are in storybook land, it was really, really difficult and really, really expensive. So the ride was basically put on hold. And by opening day, it was not even close to finish. There wasn't even any landscaping on this ride. So basically, this five-minute ride was basically a boat ride through muddy banks. They were going, they were slowly falling into the river. And it had no tiny animatronic cities or, or even models. So people just like going on this ride. So after two months, the ride underwent an extensive refurbishment and construction for almost a year, and it reopened as the Storybook Land Canal Boats we know and love today in June of 1956. So I think it's really important to talk about the legacy of these boat rides. So obviously, Walt Disney was a huge fan of transportation and basically any kind, including boats, trains, people movers monorails, pretty much anything. You know, I love segways. I almost said segways, but that definitely wasn't existing when he was alive. But he loved transportation of all forms, and that is still evident today in the amount of boat rides that are still at Disneyland and at Disney parks around the world. For instance, Shanghai just got a new boat ride that is very similar to Storybook Land, but with full-scale kind of animatronics. And then we have Aquatopia at Tokyo Disney Sea, which is a trackless ride similar to uh, Luigi's in California Adventure. And many Imagineers say this is kind of the genesis of those many, many defunct boat rides. It's kind of, I mean, it, it's cool and it's fun and it's not really about transportation, it's more about the experience of being on the water. Boats are all over Disneyland, at, at Pirates, at Storybook Land, the Twain and the Columbia. And I think it's important to look back and really respect these rides for what they did. I mean, they weren't the most exciting or outrageous attractions, but they did kind of tap into that part inside of us that wants to get in the boat and go on a journey. And I think kind of the genesis of that is, is really pirates now at all of these parks around the world. So thank you so much for listening. I really enjoy sharing these stories with you and I hope you learned a little bit and maybe next time you're at Disneyland or Disney World or even Disneyland Paris, you'll check out these loading docks and uh, what used to be where these rides operated for so many years. So if you like this and you want to hear more and you just want to be awesome, if you'll just leave a review on iTunes, I would really appreciate it. And if you have an idea for a future show topic or you want a guest star, go ahead and shoot me an email at fastpasstothepast at gmail.com. And if you want to check out the show notes for this episode and learn more about these incredible boat ride attractions, go ahead and check out our show notes and I'll have links to all of the sources that I use to learn about these rides on themeparkhistorypodcast.com. So once again, you can find the show notes on theparkhistorypodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening and have a magical day.